This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today we've got a juicy topic and it's my favourite because we're talking about tenants and all the bad stuff. Yeah, well, we we talk about this um, on a semi-regular basis, don't we? Hmm. Have we had one or two tenant stories episodes so far? Yeah, no, one. Yeah, we're, yeah, we have one specific about tenant story, but then we've had the management agents come on, which in their yes. inevitably leads to tenant stories. Correct. Um, but again, there have been some some murmurings in the in the portfolios, um, which have led to some new say, stories coming to light. <laughs> um, and I think it's always great for us to share these things because those of us who are landlords and our listeners who are landlords will probably appreciate some of this um and just a caveat this is the minority um of the portfolio um because we could talk about the rest of the portfolio which is really dull and boring and everyone pays the rent on time and they have a really good time but um that wouldn't make good listening would it now so boring so boring when <laughs> things are going well <laughs> yes indeed joe do you have any tent stories well i've only i've got a tenant update so this morning i've got i got an update so i got um an email from one of my letting agents uh, saying that uh, one of my very first tenants um, who moved into my first ever buy to let in 2015, um, she's got loved up and she's moving in with her boyfriend. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's cute. I mean, it's a bit frustrating because obviously, you know, turnover of tenant, you know, it's always a bit annoying. However, silver lining is I've not put the rent up on this particular tenant because she's just so great. You know, it's her and her daughter, single mum, hardworking nurse. I just thought, I don't know, I just, I've just kind of kept it the same, but it's going up from four, hang on, what's it going up from four, eight, five. Let's guess, let's guess. Oh, okay, um, yeah, in Grimsby, it's Grimsby, so and it's, a, it's a three-bedroom um, end of terrace. For how long has the tenant been in, sorry? Since uh, back end of, no, early 2016, she moved in. So it was four, eight, five in 2016. Mm. I, I would reckon... say you'd be... Gone, you go. I was thinking you'd be uh, five nine five. Oh, close. I was going to say five seven five. You're on the money, yeah. Well done, five seven five, spot on, yeah. So, actually, when I googled it, or like you know, looked at right move and prime location, yeah. I googled <laughs> what rent should I charge in Grimsby, <laughs> and Google or came back and said, Terrace property, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it said five seven five. That was like because like again like you know how it is in on a street. You have different housing types, and there's like small housing stock. It's like small and pokey, like like terraced housing, and this is kind of larger, um, really big rooms and that kind of stuff. Although I feel a bit bad because decoratively, it's okay. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But it's still because this was 2016, and at the time it was still like the Magnolia palette was still kind of what we were going for as a neutral canvas. And it's still like that. It's not been, you know, I've, I've topped it up with paint, but the letting agents have like literally just stuck with the same paint as far as I know. So I've not seen it in years. And the carpet is still like, you know, sort of like beige. So I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. So I might, 
use it as an opportunity just maybe to do a bit of a paint job because I just feel like you can't really justify can we justify magnolia walls now I don't know well I think in a bite to let sometimes the people prefer that so that they can if they're intending to stay for a period of time then they can put their own stamp on it and yeah, make but it wouldn't you do that on a white wall now like for me that's a magnolia as, as a blank canvas is dated as a blank canvas now I'd go white yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so I'm sort of, but she's like the, the letting agent she's all like fellow joe shout out to joe she's like oh yeah no sure we'll just market it at you know five seven five and see how we go and i'm like okay sure so i'm surprised it wasn't a bit more um yeah you know, i was gonna guess uh, guess five seven five but i was trying to work out whether you could breach whether you'd have breached 600 mark in that yeah. time frame and i thought you probably would have done if i'm honest that's it, why i was thinking the, fi- the 595 would get you within that bracket of people and could push it over the security <clears throat> to be fair two things came into my head number one decoratively it's not what i would call current so you know it's in it's in good decorative order but it's not yeah. modern um so why are you painting it then if you're if you if you put the rent up if i paint it i'll put the rent it? up i'll put the rent but you've, up. you've already relet it at 575 no 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 you can change that that's just a that's just an adjustment isn't it sort of thing but if um well i mean do you actually haven't got a new tenant no, I mean, I got the email this morning, babe. Chill out. Oh, like, I've, yeah. I've literally, like, do you know what I mean? Like, she ain't moved out yet. I can't move anyone in until she's gone. Like, I, she just gave notice. I think you'd be surprised. Um, yeah, I'd be whacking up 65. See what happens. 65. Well, to be fair, though, oh, my cat's just come in and meowing. Shush, I'm recording a podcast. This is not the time, Rafferty. He's obviously got something to contribute on tenant stories. Actually, talking of tenant, this is the lariest tenant I've got in my house. This vocal ginger monstrosity down here. Um, yeah, living rent free. This one, uh, right? So where was I? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I in my head, without the paint job, it's five seven five. Stop laughing. It's five seven five. <laughs> that then, has to be the funniest thing you've ever said on the podcast. What did I say? It's very ginger monstrosity. It's a loud mouth down there. <laughs> He's so annoying. <laughs> He's so annoying. He just comes Stop in about your pussies. <laughs> God knows where the other one is. I've got two. And so, yeah, double. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. We, we all hear you. We all know you're here. But, you know, mummy's doing stuff. Like, she can't She can't deal with your shouting at the moment. Right, anyway, back to it. So, yeah, so I'm going to keep it at 575, as is. <clears throat> and then I'm going to, sorry, and then I will up it to around 600 if I paint it. 625, I feel, is a little bit out of the market. There's nothing going 625 on that. Is there, is, there, is there much on the market? Not really. So therefore, the, therefore, there's nothing to, for you to say that this is, this is what we found when we relet stuff earlier in the year, was that there was absolutely nothing on the market. So let's try high and see if we get any responses. If, if it's too high, no one will reply to it. Whereas actually yeah. we got higher than we thought because someone offered more than what we thought was too high. Yeah. So, uh, and also we do the affordability checks to make sure that it's not stupidly out of their price range um but you know i i I'd, I'd be surprised mm. Mm. also mm. Have, you, have you refinanced the house recently uh it's due a refinance to be fair so actually painting it wouldn't be such a bad idea yeah not a bad shot oh okay so now i'm having a little thinky 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 all right okay here's a decision so this is where the podcast is very useful because we're talking about the human side of property soundboarding okay. ideas with fellow investors 
Mm -hmm. I'll give it a little tinkly minkly lick of white paint. Um, carpet's fine, to be fair. Um, and then, yeah. See, See how you go? Yeah. See how we go. Because that really is all it is. I just think the Magnolia dates it. That's all. Yeah. But you know, when you buy something, I've not actually looked at this thing in years. I don't even know what it looks like on the inside. They do inspections and just tell me everything's all right. And I'll take their word for it. I mean, I I'm not one of those landlords. It's all like, show me every picture. I want to see every scratch on the wall. I don't care. Like I just, she's been there for so long and she's treated it with respect. So, yeah. 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 Oh, I hope I don't get a wanker move in. Oh God, that'd be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Um, so that's my, that's my only tenant story. I've got loads of other tenant stories, but they're not mine, but I want to hear about yours now because you've got drama. You've got drama at the moment, right? Well, this a is kind drama. of both your, both your drama because you, you equally own these, uh, these particular yes. properties in question. So what's the, what's the stitch? So, yes, yeah, so we do have a bit of drama just from one person. As Matt said at the beginning, it, this is the minority. This isn't like, uh, the standard, but, uh, some of our, one of our, uh, earlier HMOs um, we've been renting them out renting this one particular property out to um, tenants that have been brought to us by the council um, so people that were on the brink of becoming homeless we were able to get them off the streets find them a home um, for a period of time um, and universal credit has been paying their rent now getting from that point getting from point a getting them moved in to getting universal credit set up was quite a lengthy complicated process for a lot of them because they don't have access to technology they don't have they didn't have laptops and stuff to be able to submit applications um but that bit aside uh, we've decided that we're going to change strategy slightly with the property and we're going to rent it directly to a charity um, and the charity then will take over ownership management of the property for a period of time not a charity I thought you told me it was a charity. It's not a charity, no. I feel it's like you need to communicate more in your business. So what? What? What is it? It's, it's uh, just rent, standard rent to rent. So, um, but it, someone, I thought there was a, I thought there was a charity involved somewhere here. So in this particular instance, the it's not a charity that's involved. It's um, I think it's basically rent to SA. They're doing service accommodation on it, so they're doing. They got money to Friday workers coming in. In, in, into the area um, and they the company that we're working with also also do work with uh, refugees and asylum seekers um, but in this particular postcode there wasn't a need for that so um, they they work with a different provider who's going to be providing them with um, workers Monday to Friday um, oh. yes so I, I was I was aware of I was aware of the uh, refugee bed. I wasn't aware of the Monday to Friday workers. That was news to me, I suppose, in the last conversation. Um, but to be fair, I didn't really ask the question. But when they said, "Well, this is how much we'll pay you every month," I was like, "Well, okay then," because <laughs> we don't to have to deal with the, the hassle that's in the house right now. Um, and I think it comes back to trying to, uh, you know, when you've got your portfolio, you, you build it up over many years, and um, um, amongst that portfolio, there will be these little problems that bubble away. Mm. and you're like well that's just really annoying because you know, it wasn't the best thing i ever did it wasn't the best property I ever bought and i didn't spend as much on the refurb as maybe i should have done and and you know i learned a lot of lessons on that property mm. um, and um sometimes you just need to set it and forget it or, or even sometimes just sell it but we're, we're kind of anti-selling stuff uh, if we can avoid it so we just think how can we make that property perform as well as we can so we don't have to think about it 
for a good five, 10 years. And that's where we got to with a few properties. And, uh, you know, through partnerships with a few different organizations and companies and colleagues, um, we've been able to sort out a few of these issues by that kind of guaranteed rental kind of leasing. So, um, and this is a new organization that we're working with who, um, who are actually doing a really good, um, a really good rate because they've mm. got some really good contracts um, from what I can tell. So, um, and um, they operate across the UK. So we're able to basically just say, um, you know, will you take something in this postcode? And, you know, what postcode is it? And um, they'll go, yeah, we'll want this type of thing. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. But hang on a minute. So can I just clarify? So the people that are going into the houses are going to be people who work for this particular organisation. I'm so confused. No, so, um, so we own the property. They're yeah. going to pay us a fixed rate every month, and then they are they will have that they will find people to go into the property um, on basically contractors, I believe, or nine to five workers. So that they they must have uh, arrangements with um, management, not management um, with agencies, um, commercial agencies that place people in accommodation when they're working around the country. Oh, so, so it's not it's not as sort of it's not as much as a social kind of cause as who you've currently got in the property. That's a really terrible way to phrase it. But you know what I'm saying? It's not it's not housing such vulnerable people. No, no, not not in not in this particular property, because when when we asked them about what they wanted it for, they said that they didn't. Well, they, they there was no need for the asylum seekers and refugees in this postcode and they're very particular about where the where, where they go so um, we've got other properties that we've sent them the postcodes of and said will will this postcode work and they said no interesting or they've said this town won't work because there's no framework for it in this town or the council haven't agreed to have asylum seekers or you know there's there's something it's another reason why um so, so there are some towns that we know really well where we would love to be able to know that if we buy this type of property we've got guaranteed rent because actually we could probably go and buy some more um because uh, but they didn't they wouldn't take them in that particular postcode so we've been working with them to work out where in the country they would be able to find properties hmm. okay makes sense cool so that's so these are two properties side by side aren't they they're Correct. your your twins yeah so Quite tasty. Okay, got it. I'm with you now. So, but okay. So, going back to the existing tenants that you've got in those two houses at the moment, it sounds yeah. like one of them's got some stuff going on. He's, he's, yeah. he's got some stuff going on. I think there's a bit of conflict between uh, these two properties, if you like, or at least two individuals, one in each property. Um, one of them, the guy who is uh, the one in question at the minute. The right um, question sounds like he has suspects. People have been well, Whittle, if anything. Well, yeah, so we discovered the carry on, yeah. He, um, neighbors have been complaining that he's had a dog at the house for a period of time, and the dog is barking all through the night, causing oh. lots of disturbance and problems. And given this is this is a HMO, so there were no dogs um, communicated to us, or they were not in the contract, they had any pets. And generally, although we don't object to having pets in our rentals, in a shared house, it's mm. slightly different. There are yeah. so many influencing factors and people to stick into account. Yeah. However, um, so we approached him and made him aware that the dog was not supposed to be at the property. 
um, definitely not without our say so first, um, and that um, you know he had to get rid of it. Basically, he wasn't allowed to keep it. So it turns out that the dog belonged to his son, and he was dog sitting. Well, this is what he said: he was oh, dog sitting for a period a, of time. That's such a lie, isn't it? Then he, um, we had then we had more complaints come through about parties and loud music and disturbance throughout the night. Again, he seems to be a night owl. This guy, everything happens at night. Which is kept the dog? People... Is it the dog partying, or is it him? It's him. The dog had gone at this point. <laughs> uh, so again, next door, working during the day, being kept up at night because of loud parties and noise. And anytime we approached him, he was like, "Oh no, no, I don't." I don't have any parties. I don't play loud music, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he doesn't so, remember having them. Probably not, to be honest. Um, then we got videos, uh, video evidence sent through to us of said loud parties uh, coming from his bedroom uh, because he lives on the ground floor. He's got patio doors out onto the uh, back garden. So it was evident where the noise was coming from uh, when the video came through. So then we had the evidence to go back to him and say, listen, you're taking the place here. Um, you are partying. You are making a lot of, or sorry, creating a lot of disturbance for the house next door um, and probably other people on the street as well. So, you, you know, cut it out. Um, but then he, he got really pissed off um, and he's complained, complaining about next door are violating his rights. They're recording his every move and he's becoming quite aggressive. He's like, I'm going to sort them out. I'm, you can't, I'm not going to be held responsible for what I do next, all this type of thing. <laughs> so he sent me a voice message over the weekend because obviously now he's being evicted, um, not because uh, of the partying, but because he's so far behind in his rent. He's lost his universal credit rights because he's been working on the side and somebody's reported him. Oh my God. So this guy's on a, on a, on a slippery slope. He's on a downward spiral. Um, and he's taken everybody with him. So he, the, the other guy that was living in the house, the people that were living in the house have moved out because they didn't feel safe with him there, having his parties, bringing his girlfriend around, bringing his friend around, having the dog there. Um, it just made it uncomfortable for the other people. So they've all disappeared, which we've only found out about. They've been moved out about a month ago, but didn't tell us. Um, <laughs> so he... Uh, because he had sent through several threatening voice messages and um, text messages, I thought I would just contact the local police just to see what I should do in this situation. Because I have to go and do a, well, I was going to go and do an inspection, um, but I didn't really want to, not knowing what he was going to be like when I turned up or how, we, how I was going to be received. So I contacted the police and it turns out he's actually very well known to them. Um, as soon as I give the surname, the police officer was like, I think I know what you're going to say for the first name before you say it. <laughs> they were able to tell me the address of where he lived before I told them. Um, and the fact that he has been on their radar quite a bit. Um, so they're going, they're opening an investigation into the allegations, um, the, the threats, if you like, because, you know, he, he may, it could be just something that he said, but I think because of his history, um, they're they're not taking it lightly. Um, so yes, yeah, so later this week I will be speaking to the police to see um, what they're going to do, what they can do next. Um, but either way, we're going through an eviction process anyway. Um, he's three or four months behind in rent, um, so it's quite a quick. Well, not a quick. <laughs> it is a quicker route to get to court when someone is uh, so far behind in the rent, um, as opposed to going through a section twenty one, which takes at least two months before yeah. you get to the court. Section, so it's a section eight, you said. Section eight, yeah. yeah, section eight. So 
Um, yeah, either way, he's going to be leaving the property. Um, warned next door, just stay away. Like, don't don't get involved if you if you see him or hear him. Just let him do his thing. Um, just keep out of his way and let the police deal with their deal with it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. <laughs> the next door will be moving out anyway because um, both houses are going to the uh, to this rental yeah. company. I am slightly concerned as to what condition the house is going to be in when he's so angry and so pissed off. Um, uh, but let's see. And, you know, there's nothing we can do about it anyway right now. He's in the house. We have to get him out either way. Um, so a best case scenario would be the police give a, a restraining order or a barring order to keep him away from the person next door um, or away from our house. But we'll see. Oh, my God. So hang on. How many people shared the house? with him like how many people were in that house there were four people in that house oh my god can you imagine those four people and how have they been like what's <laughs> well don't don't get too sympathetic for them oh the, this is so good <laughs> one of them one of them was actually a fairly decent guy but he had, he was he's, he was the person that moved out uh most recently uh -huh. um he was very paranoid about everything that was happening he had cameras up everywhere recording everything in his bedroom um cameras he was on the ground floor facing the front of the house. So he had cameras on his windowsill facing the front door so he could see who was coming and going. Oh my God. Um, one of the other guys uh, who was actually the most consistent in paying his rent um, went to prison just before Christmas. Oh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he the reliable guy went to prison. The reliable right. one, the trustworthy one went to prison. It's so great. It's so great. And then the other one just felt, disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, no idea where he's gone, but the other housemates assume that he went to prison as well, but we just can't confirm it. What are these people doing? <laughs> well, this is, this is where I think... Um, I think that the council were wrong in a sense to send these people to us. These people, obviously there's four people that are off the, off the homeless register, if you like, in that town. Um, the council can wipe their hands off them. The council paid the first month's rent and paid a bond for them. And then that was it. But these guys obviously need help and support and putting them into private rented accommodation is fine, but they need somebody else, someone at the council or a case officer um, or someone that can help them set up their rent um, with universal credit, that can help them get themselves back on their feet again. Because these people were, like I said earlier, on the either homeless or on the brink of being homeless. So you don't just go from that to living in a, in, in a rented property on your own and not be expected to just live a normal life without any help or support or guidance. Um, so I think had we... It's a big learning curve for us. Um, and uh, had we known that it was going to be such a, a, a difficult process to go through, I don't think we would have done. Our, our thought process behind it was to help people that were on the brink of uh, homelessness or were homeless, um, which we did. We put four people in the house, which is great. But now all four people are back on the streets again because yeah. there was no ongoing support for them. Well, two of them are actually just... I was going to say that they've yeah, they've, they've, they've got um, four, four walls they, and three meals a day. But when, they, when, they, when they're released from prison, they don't have a home to go to. So yeah, they will be on the streets. Yeah. And the thing is, I think this is the biggest criticism of Universal Credit when it came out. It's just that, de you know, devolving that responsibility for your finances to people who have never had to before is really challenging for both parts, both ends of the spectrum, because you've got the recipient of the rent, but you've also got them as, as tenants. And, mm. you know, it's like, 
you're asking someone to run when they haven't really learned to walk and it's just it's too much it's really it's really not cool um yeah although you should ask yeah. my daughter that she's running before she can walk properly yeah but she, but she <laughs> ain't face, face, face planting every other you know every uh, couple of meters but still so cute. yeah so yeah a little bit disappointed that the the strategy didn't work a little bit disappointed that um you know we 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 needed more support and assistance that we didn't get but massive learning curve for us um anyone that's thinking about doing a similar strategy um just be forewarned before you jump into it um that it's it's yeah that they need more help uh, than just a regular hmo management does so because obviously you use the same strategy for both houses that you bought next to one another oh so then the other the house next door is just private range. yeah so we, we were just oh, doing God. this we did we did this as a trial i yeah. uh, used this house as like the guinea pig to see if it would work i see okay and the one next door are private professional tenants Oh, I bet they just love, love, love what goes on next door with the parties and the raving and the dogs and that. Oh man! It was all it was all fine for quite a long time. Um, with as in the sense that there weren't no parties or no complaints about anything going on. It's only over the past two to three months where something in this guy's life has changed that's resulted in him losing his job, having more parties, and so I think he's just on a downward spiral. Um, and he's becoming much more aggressive. So there's obviously something else going on, which again, he should have support for. He needs help. He's crying out for help. Mm. But, you know, we're not in a position to do anything. We've been in contact with the police. We've been in contact with the council. We've tried to get, speak to Universal Credit, but, you know, we're not his next of kin, so we have no authority to speak in his behalf. He has to literally go and find it for himself. Yeah, definitely. This is a game where it just... I mean, my, I suppose my relationship with my market is slightly different. I sometimes feel like the parent, you know, like you feel like the parent because they're, they're young kids effectively living in a house, playing grown up for the first time away from home. So you have all those sort of living dynamics come up. This is sort of slightly different. You you know, you you half of you wants to almost take on like an intervention or like a, it's like a counsellor role because you, you're, yeah, seeing, you're seeing beyond, but you can't, that's not your job. Your job is to provide accommodation. And, you know, that's kind of where the jurisdiction ends. Otherwise you start getting emotionally involved and it's just... That's not that's not cool. It was as if the, if the council could, you know, take the property on, and they almost did a rent to rent, and their council kind of guaranteed the rent. They paid the landlord the rent, and they sorted out getting the money from themselves, essentially, or from the government. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is what they're a lot more set up to be able to do. Well, I, see, I assume that's the case. Um, I don't think I don't think they are, to be honest, because the council didn't have a clue how universal credit worked, what each individual was entitled to how they would apply for it they had no clue so we had to learn we had to figure that out by ourselves which is again we didn't we didn't know any of this until it was too far down the line i suppose Um, this is what this is what supported living is it is supported living exactly yes um and the council don't do it but in reality should the count we're getting quite politics now but should the councils be responsible for getting these people back on their feet I don't know. I guess uh, in my in my view, I think they they do have a responsibility. To what extent that goes to, I'm not sure. But I think they had they had a responsibility to inform us of the, what these people were like um, and what issues, what baggage they were carrying when they came to the property. Because mm. if some if someone has had a history of violence, as an example, um, putting them in a shared house with someone who is vulnerable 
um, and suffers from paranoia, then you don't mix these two people together. It's just a, a recipe for disaster. I don't think the council are qualified to handle this, actually. I, I, I think it's asking effectively, you know, social implementers to provide social, you know, support. And I, I think they're quite different things, aren't they? So I think in terms of the infrastructure, like the payments and the actual buildings, sure, and however that is constructed, um, you know, with private arrangements with landlords, sure, no problem. I think they step in there and the flow of money. But then I think the rest of it has to be outsourced to, you know, care providers and actually supported living specialists who understand the nature of these individuals and their their, their health. Um, otherwise, I mean, Jesus, if they can't even understand the universal credit, how are they going to understand tenant dynamics, you know, and, and mental health concerns and like, what's appropriate what's not no it's just never going to happen you know yeah yeah so um i suppose um we should come back to our theme for today which is tenant stories yeah any any uh anything else come spring to mind yeah so i was was having a conversation with a friend i won't name him (laughs) but he um it was just like oh hey how's stuff going in your you know portfolio and literally it just brain dumps just trauma <laughs> onto onto like into the conversation so similar situation in fact it's an hmo um to the west country and um it's th- all the tenants within it are they're, they're, they're people on benefits right and so uh with that has come a whole host of problems um but it, the problem also is it's, it's mixed tenancies as well. So he's inherited these tenants because he bought them. Uh, he bought the HMO with these tenants already in them. And his plan was to do it room by room as, you know, eventually, you know, the turnover of tenants happens and people move out. But of the six tenants in there, four of them problematic. And one of them is a working doctor, he's a GP. And he moved his wife in without telling uh, anybody. And of course, all the other tenants have kicked off because apparently she's a nightmare. Like she's just very emotional, very loud. They row. It's just the whole house has been disrupted. So yeah, he's had phone calls and, you know, cause he manages this himself. Why? I don't know, but he, but he does. Um, and so he's been trying to resolve that. The police have been called. She's claimed that they're being racist in the house. So honestly it's just it's all kicked off but of course that's breaching licensing terms because now she's an extra body in the house so that's caused problems from you know a a compliance perspective then there's another one um who uh has got uh, a, a drug problem i can't remember which drug of choice he has but it's it's caused all sorts of problems similar to your guy parties all night you know odds and sods coming and staying in the house and just smoking everywhere, just an absolute mess. It's just a 24-7 rave up. And of course, that's caused the GP to kick off because he's not getting any sleep. His wife is playing victim and all of that. So it's just, that's all just kicked off as well. But then he is, um, he's got major mental health problems. He has paranoia and anxiety. And so they're trying to get support for him. 
but his mum's got involved saying you know um because he's not paying rent either at the moment so there's that issue and so they've gone to the mum to sort of say you know can you help him out and she's just like I don't know why you're saying this about my son he's as good as gold you know and it's like whoa so then she's kicked off they've called the police over his behavior as well and she's they had a massive thing with her kicking off outside the property because she tries to jump in and just say everyone was against her son and everyone's you know being horrible to him and it's bullying it's a bullying culture yet she won't take him back in her own house like right mm -hmm. there's that and then uh there's another one I can't remember the problems with him um but there is definitely a problem with him oh and then there's the, the crackhead who in my mate's words is good as gold <laughs> he's himself to himself keeps himself to himself does his crack He's grand. He's fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> Crackhead is as good as gold. And I'm like, oh my God. So effectively what's happened is of the six, I think three, so there's two evictions going on and, you know, then there's just, you know, like the rest of them to get rid of. I think there were two voids in the house anyway. So it's these four problematic tenants. So really the risk is he's left with one, but the problem is the one that's um, where the mum's getting involved. Um, he's only just moved in. So, you know we're not at section eight stage just yet but we're, we're we're heading that way so I was just like let it get to section eight stage where he's actually just not paid you know for a couple of months and then serve yeah. um but it's, but surely this is a silver lining because if you've got this many problem tenants that you've inherited under one roof and so but surely you're just weaning them out you can do the full refurb in one hit as opposed to doing it room by room you can just literally go in do the whole lot refinance out and I was like that's probably a better yeah, way to, to do it yeah to be honest because if he was aiming to do one room at a time i would have said that was a really bad idea from the get-go can you imagine like you're, you're then trying to put in um a new tenant into a nice new room but it's only one room out of the others and probably the communal spaces aren't as nice yet no so so you you, you never you can never get the rent that you want because you're always compromising it so the only way you can uncompromise it is to get everyone out in one go, refurbish the whole thing and have 100% control over who then moves back in. And then you've got control over the rent. Um, and then you probably have less, you have fewer issues, I would have thought. Yeah. Still, still potentially have some issues, but you're more likely to attract a, a better tenant um, when the entire house is has been redone. Obviously, I don't know where the property is and what the demographics are and what he's looking for. But um, if you want you know, good professional tenants, then... Uh, like the doctor seems like I would have thought would be a good uh, option, but he's not the he's not the first doctor that I've heard of of being issues. Well, there's your weird guy. Do you remember who folded his pants outside the outside the yeah, room? Yeah, we've had history of of doctors being um, quite troublesome tenants because I don't know they're they're obviously very intelligent people, um, but maybe social skills might not necessarily be on point. And I guess you've got cultural differences as well if you've got people coming in from uh from from abroad living here um which you know happens so i think there can be a lot of various uh, uh, variables to take into account but yeah we've had a few a few problematic doctors in the past who just get naked as they walk in the door um <laughs> <laughs> just love that so much can you imagine being a lecture <laughs> your housemate just comes in and oh i'm in. not sure what culture that's acceptable in but you know, <laughs> if any <laughs> I remember, as, as a, I remember as a kid, you know, you'd walk in with your school uniform on and you'd, you'd start to take your jacket off, throw it somewhere, your tie off, throw it somewhere else, shoe over there, shoe over there. seems like he feels very at home. He's never, one, our, he's never passed that primary school stage where you just... 
surely you learn you learn how not to do that by the time you're 12 years old right well the first thing most girls want to do is when they get through the door is just take off their bra I mean it's that it's such an instinctive thing to do you just literally want to whack it off and let the girls be free can you imagine doing that in a house shed just letting the lils fly out as soon as you get through the door and just be like hi hi housemates how's it going don't mind me my topless self just strolling through the corridor back to my room no chance no yeah I think that this this guy who 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 was getting undressed as he walked in the door, um, just he seemed to just like to have a trail of stuff. But he lived he he had taken the basement room and all along the stairs from the door of the, entering the basement right down to his bedroom door, just had stuff littered all along it. Um, he just liked to create a trail wherever he went. It's really Maybe just to make sure that he could um, find his way out. Yeah, like breadcrumbs. Maybe. <laughs> Where's the front door? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a mid-terrace house. It wouldn't be that difficult to get out, but you know, you never know. Like you say, I mean, they might be super intelligent on the medical yeah. side, but no common sense when it comes and to... And apologies direction. to uh, our many doctor listeners mm. who are listening to Property to Jam. Um, but you probably know what we're talking about. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. I was talking to um, uh, a doctor and I was saying that... Uh, it, this came up in conversation with a doctor. Yeah. It's, a, it's a student. And... Um, we were saying that they're often problematic HMO tenants for, for, for varying reasons, like Niall said. And he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, you, you ain't got to explain it. Because apparently when they're in medical school, yeah. it, it's like a thing. Like they're just absolutely dreadful. Okay, I think it's messy. because they're so, yeah. I think it's the messiness because they're so busy at work and they're so tired when mm. they come home. All they want to do is literally throw off their clothes yeah. and um, eat. Uh, or eat takeaway or fast food and they don't tidy it away and then they go to bed and you know, everything's a mess and they get up and they go out they go out and they don't have time to tidy up the next day yeah in exactly. their minds they're they're ordered you know somewhere else and i think it's the same with every anybody really yeah you know, um if someone is messy or disorganized that's only because they're messy or disorganized in the way that you perceive organization mm-hmm. they'll be highly extremely organized in a, a different way to you that doesn't yeah. isn't as important to you Whereas, you know, I, I'm not necessarily the most organised and tidy person at home, but, you know, I, I yeah, where am I organised? Confessions. I had to share an office with them, my God. <laughs> and it was a really small office, do you remember? Like, there wasn't much space to be messy. It was, it was the, like the broom cupboard, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I'm listening to actually, um, um, uh, uh, speak now, I'm actually listening to the values factor again. Um, mm. Yes. And it's quite uh, relevant, actually, in this, because it's, Obviously, being uh, having a tidy bedroom uh, is not necessarily high on their priorities of, mm. of a medical student. Their their priorities are elsewhere, so it makes it makes sense when you think about it. A hundred percent. I can relate to that just from you know living with with people. You know, when I've been in shared accommodation, I had Nature Moe and Glamoursmith, as you all know, and there was three of us in there. And I, if I'm sharing a, a house with people, I've it's got to be tidy. Like you just, mm. you just bare minimum. It's got to be clean. It's got to be tidy. Otherwise, my brain can't function. I li- I literally just can't exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas to them. They, their perception of it, their, their values were different. They were busy, they were teachers, they were, you know, nine to fivers. It was just really hard. It was really hard. And that's where we clashed, you know. And so my ex-partner, same thing. Like, you know, cleaning the kitchen, well, not the kitchen, the bathroom, you know, just not a priority. Whereas to me, you know, massive priority and you would clash on mm. those subjects. So, Which is why is. you get a cleaner. 
So, well, my cleaner came today. Oh my God, can I tell you? I'm actually, we're recording in my kitchen right now. Um, and oh my Lord, it smells divine. Everything's shining. I, I'm so happy. That's why I'm in such a good mood because my house is just spotless. Well, we've, we've recently taken, got a new cleaner come in and um, I'm not happy. <gasps> She's just not doing it to the level that I think it should be done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know what though? You've got to have those frank conversations. It's really important. Um, do, you, do you provide a list of absolutely everything that needs to be done? No. Because... If you were to clean, what is it that you would do when you clean? So if you if you were to say, like, this is how I would clean, I want it done like this, then then there's no argument. Because if you just say clean my house, then she she or he will do it to the uh, how they would normally clean the house. And um, you'd think yeah. that all cleaners are you know are sensible, but you know I had a cleaner start with we were trialing her and it was a definite no go because I, I left out like subtle tests for her. Oh my god, you sicko! <laughs> and she failed most of them. Really? Yeah. Like what? Like what? What's the test? Like give um, me... like moving, moving um, like cups. So I left out a couple of like you like dirty dirty mugs in certain places to see oh. what she would do with them. Um, and you know, two or three mugs, I would expect a cleaner to just take them to the kitchen, clean yeah. them, and, yeah. they're, and, and, and they're done. Yeah. When they clean, clean the sink, et cetera, et cetera. But no, it's like, no. Um, and, um, yeah, just the, the kitchen work surface, you know, just left. Like, yeah, just left left it. Oh. Mm. Okay. She, our cleaner does, she does clean everything that we've asked her to clean. But I think it's how clean it is when she's left is up for question. So she, she's doing it, but not doing it very thoroughly so it's like what like things aren't sort of shiny like what yeah because when like when you walk into the bathroom after she's cleaned it you can tell it's being cleaned but it's just like mm, I would have done this better myself or done it deeper clean but you didn't but I paid didn't. someone else to do it and this is this is the thing that I find I'm a complete like neat freak when someone else is cleaning I was like, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning, um, but I won't do it myself. I just don't have the time. But when I do, well, you know, I have two levels of cleaning. It's when I can be bothered, when I can't be bothered. When I can't be bothered, it's literally surface um, just to keep other people in the house happy. Um, and then when I am fussed, I actually do, I do get properly into it. I'm just like, yeah. make sure it has to, has to be clean, clean. And if I'm paying someone to do it, it has to be the proper way of cleaning it. Because I'm just like, what's the point of paying a cleaner if they're not going to do it? That's properly? my argument as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, a, it's the difference between a surface clean and a deep clean, isn't it? If you're paying somebody to be in your house for two hours, effectively it's deep clean, isn't it? You know, they're really, they're really going for it. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think we were spoiled because the previous cleaner we had was an absolute legend. Um. And she she would literally the you could like you said Joe you knew that the place was clean and fresh after she had finished yeah the, and that, I think that's what I was expecting with this new one and haven't had it yet so I think well she's only been in two or three times so we're going to trial another couple to see if we can get the right person yeah you, you do I've, I went through about four four cleaners before I found before I found the one um, shout out to Sylvia legend but uh, she, I she covers southeast London. <laughs> Oh, just where she she lives in uh, 
near me actually so she's up the road in Mitcham so probably probably not, probably not. Um, too far to travel too far probably to travel. too far to travel although her husband's a pilot so maybe she could fly to you we can just drop, drop drop her off um but yeah no it's really fun she's she's cool she's Brazilian and um she's one of those people that you just end up having like really interesting conversations with while she's doing the house and I always get like I always get professional guilt while I'm sat there because I'm all like I'm actually in the house and you're cleaning it's like technically I could be doing this myself but again it's it's that whole you're choosing you know not to do it because your time needs to be elsewhere Mm. but uh yeah no she's really cool my only gripe right is one thing she's really bad at is she won't put things back where she found them so what she'll do is she'll kind of like, so for example, I've got, um, you know, my hand soap dispenser, I've got like a matching set hand soap dispenser, toothbrush holder and toothpaste, sort of like a spare cup where I put my toothpaste in. And she never puts them back where they're supposed to be. Or sometimes she forgets to put the shampoo and conditioner back. Or she puts them back, she puts them back in a funny order. That I can live with because the rest of the cleaning is so excellent. But also my other thing, and this is so weird and it's so like not climate friendly, is she doesn't use bleach because she's got, you know, she's very aware of, you know, chemicals and she's very chemically sort of, you know, she's she's a green girl. And I love bleach. Like, I love it. Like, I I swear I could snort the stuff or drink it or shot it because I just love it so much. Please don't do either of those things. Spain and in Spain they are obsessed with bleach because all the little ladies they used to like they come out and they would always mop their little section of their shop right out into the pavement they would mop in front of the shop so in the morning walking to uni all I could smell was bleach and I used to we used to bleach our flat because it was marble floors that smell I don't know what it is it's the same when you walk into a spa or when you walk into like it's clean and I I you can't just see clean I can smell clean and I love I hope you smell clean. I definitely smell clean. I don't bleach myself, mind you, but yes, I do smell clean. But I do love the smell of bleach, but you don't use it. So sometimes shall we, shall we bring this back around to property? Yeah, well, we are kind of in property. It's just maintenance of property, just our own. But well, I was I was thinking about you know good quality cleaners and and uh, tenants who bring us back around to tenant stories and mm. how often, um, yeah, like cleaning of communal spaces definitely did we do. Yeah, you know, yeah. You probably always send a clean around in between tenancies. Oh, without a doubt, deep clean, yeah, quid done. Like, yeah. Even more so now, it's giving them a little bit extra time since the whole COVID thing. They tend to spend a bit extra on the deep clean and maybe do carpets as well every time and, and things like oh, that. Don't. I've just had to replace bloody carpets in one of my HMOs. It's so annoying. You forget how much foot traffic goes through. And I really thought I'd bought hard wearing stuff, but yeah, they do. They. Tenants are gross. Students are gross. They do gross things. So, yeah. Uh, yes, we know. And anyone wants to hear what those gross things are, please do go revisit Tenant Stories episode number um, episode one. Or what, what episode is it? Tenant Stories? Episode 17 or something? Episode two, Tenant Stories. It was one episode of our, two. Yeah, episode two, one of our earliest ones. So, yeah. Because um, I had loads when we started. It was all just, oh my God. And they just got juicier. Enough. They just yeah. got juicier. They, they were quite juicy and less, less of what we talked about today. But yeah. Mm. So, um, um, yeah, I think we should probably wrap it up there. I feel like we've been talking for a very long time. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we've been talking a very long time. Is it a, is a longer episode than normal, is it? Or is yeah. it just uh, no, it's actually quite quite normal, about 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we just got deep, didn't we? Got deep, babe, got deep. Hopefully there was some value in this for somebody. There's loads of value, <laughs> loads, loads. Human side of property, never know where. Yeah, definitely the human it. side of property, the human side of uh, Niall's property, Niall's cleaning habits 
Yeah. I like yeah. clean. I like clean. So do I. I always feel your house is always clean. I love walking into your bathroom because it's always just so spick and span. And in Nell's bathroom, sorry, just going off on one, you've got like it, you've got like loads of different fragrances, almost on like a display cabinet. Like they're almost mm. downlit. And I always have a little squirt, like I'm sort of in some hotel bathroom or something. I'm all like, yeah, zhuzh, zhuzh, zhuzh. I come out <laughs> smelling a few go boss. And like, you know, I've, I've, it's always a clean experience. I love it. And everything's digital in your house, the bin, the soap dispenser, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clean, clean, boys, clean. Clean, and you don't have to touch a thing. You don't yeah. have to touch a thing. Well, so it never gets dirty in the first place. Exactly. Great. <laughs> it's genius. Absolutely genius. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up there and say a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a digital goodbye from me. <laughs> jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see See you on the next next episode. episode